0: Hey guys, welcome to Thrive bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu, and thank you so much for listening on. You could have been anywhere in the world, and you decided to spend just a few moments of your precious time, and we greatly appreciate it. Here on the podcast, we talk about three things, living a plant-powered lifestyle, enhancing emotional resilience, and creating a thriving mindset. And I interview a range of passionate guests, such as physicians, dietitians, coaches, entrepreneurs, and many more. And please join Join me as I deliver these engaging, informative, and high-valued conversations for you. And just remember, the first five seasons of the Thrive lights podcast can now be found in the new The Chef Doc app, available in your Apple Store and Google Play stores. So what are you waiting for? Come on inside. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Thrivewise Podcast. Today's guest is uh, Vanessa Sturman. She is a wonderful plant-based health coach and expert speaker. She helps teams and organizations in terms of improving um, their lifestyle and uh, reducing um, as much of the things and nuances that really drag us down as well as individually as well. And we have a brilliant uh, conversation in terms of practical tips on transitioning, getting more, you know, whole food plant-based what does it mean to you know, revamp your kitchen, the supermarket? How do we go about the daily routines? And uh, she shares a lot of great practical tips. So you don't want to miss that. And uh, we'll see you guys inside. So we can't wait. Okay, guys. Well, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Colin Zhu. And thank you so much for being here with us. You could have been anywhere in the world and you decided to join us with your precious moments. And we greatly appreciate it of that. My next guest for today, she is a fabulous, fabulous guest. <laughs> Uh, I'm stumbling on my words. So she is a wonderful guest participating in today's show. Her name is Vanessa Sturman, and she is a plant-based health coach and expert speaker. She helps teams reduce fatigue, increase productivity, and improve physical and mental health by incorporating more plant-based whole foods. And also, she loves to make healthy food fun and delicious and she helps them find practical and non-restrictive ways of eating healthfully and falling in love with food again. Um, Her media appearances include Sky News, and she's a regular on BBC Radio. So, without further ado, please welcome coach Vanessa. Hello.
1: Hi, thank you for having me.
0: Oh, it's wonderful to have you on. We really appreciate you um, coming on and taking the time out. I know that you're very busy. Can you share with the audience where you're calling from today?
1: I'm calling from London. So I live here in the UK and it's, 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 it's threatening to be summertime here, which is very, very exciting. Um, so yeah, lo- lovely place and loads going on in London. Great plant-based food here as well.
0: Oh, excellent. What is summer like in uh, in London? Is it like dry heat? Is it humid heat? what is it What is it like in London?
1: Well, it's not always that heated, unfortunately, and it's, it's like neither too dry or too humid. Like it doesn't get crazy either way, but everyone gets very excited <laughs> and like suddenly just spills onto the street when there's sun because we don't get any of it. So it's, it's, <laughs> it's kind of crazy when it becomes summer here. So, um, but very, very fun because everyone's really enjoying themselves because our winters are pretty long and cold.
0: Yeah, makes me think of the equivalent of like Seattle for us Americans. So, <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. Same, similar.
0: Yeah. So, thank you so much. I'm really excited because, you know, we talk a lot about food as medicine, food is medicine. Mm-hmm. And we talk a lot about whole food plant based nutritional support and approaches and lifestyle. And, you know, how do we go about this lifestyle? And how do we make people con- a transition? If people are curious. Mm-hmm. How do we address the ins and outs and nuances? So can you share with the audience, for those that are not familiar with you, I like to start from the beginning. Everyone's super origin story. How to? How did you get from point A to point B and arrive to you know the current moment for yourself?
1: Yeah. So about twenty years ago. Uh, so I'm, I'm 35 now, nearly 36. And um, about 20 years ago, I started dieting. I wanted to lose weight. I wanted to be fitter. It was. It was probably more an aesthetic thing, you know, as a teenager. And I. I got heavily into the the starve binge cycle. I was doing too much exercise, very much eat less, eat less, eat less to lose weight, exercise more, 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 feel guilty around food, restrict, restrict, restrict. And it became completely unbearable by the time I was 17. I hadn't even left school and it was, or you know, college as 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 we might call it. Um, hadn't left that and I was 17. And I was like, there's gotta be a different way to live. You know, I'm a I was always very academic, always very ambitious. So if I was ever presented with a problem, it was like. Let's go. Let's let's figure this out. And since I walked out the womb, I have been a food lover. That includes, you know, cake. I love cake. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, OK, like, what do I want in life? I want I want to be a healthy weight, whatever on earth that means. I didn't really know what that meant at 17. But, you know, I want to be in charge of my body. I don't want this fight anymore. I, I need to be able to incorporate cake and the things I love, because let's face it, when I don't, I go and binge and I need to be full. I had this this slight obsession with like, you know, I'm not eating to satisfy myself. Like how, how do I do this? So I I went on this journey of like self, self self-discovery and nutrition of like, okay, what does my body actually need? Let's, let's go with the super practical. How do I get full? So I don't want to binge. How do I make sure I'm I'm eating and getting full, but I'm not going to like put on tons of weight. So I started figuring all of that out, including how do I actually listen to my body? Can I can I get my body to tell me when it needs to stop eating and what it needs? Um, and, and and you know, therefore, can I kind of eat in this non-restrictive way and not freak out all the time? So I went on that journey, as well as always loving cooking, like still being really interested in health, stopped wanting to be super skinny and was like, hey, let's just, let's just be fit and healthy and feel good. I wanted to feel good. So I was going on that journey. And you know, was really in kind of brilliant, brilliant health, but was still struggling with things like um, acne. I was still probably even, you know, in my early 20s, going to the gym a bit too much, you know, kind of, and also exercising to lose weight, not exercising because I wanted to be fit. It was like, well, I got to burn these calories, you know, I got to get rid of this, you know, you ate a lot, you know, I was still there, despite knowing a lot about health. And That all started to calm down as I was really sort of going for like, okay, let's eat what I really, really need. Give my body what it needs. And then I went plant based um, eight years ago um, as as, as well as vegan. And that was the most incredible part of the journey for me, because I'd already always been very into right home cooked food, great food. Listen to the body, lots of vegetables, lots of whole foods. But I was a pretty big meat, dairy, fish, and egg eater, like pretty, pretty big. And when I went plant-based, and this is sort of what, what we were talking about before we, we got on camera, you know, like our bar of health can be so low that we have no idea how high we can go. And I had no idea that my skin would look so good, that I would be so vibrant, that my period pains would go down, um, that I could be much more Fit, have more capacity for fitness like it was it was unbelievable what changed and as I was in the uh, in plant-based because I've always been like I said she was always super into nutrition and making sure it could be built around my life knew what to food prep just getting in more and more variety understanding more of the incredible foods I could have more of the nutrients I could have and the incredible dishes I could make it just spiraled up and up and up and up from there and then also realizing okay not enough people know how to cook this food. So I started a recipe website with uh, a friend of mine, uh, which I left a, a year ago. I left that business. Uh, so I was always into, right, how do we cook the most incredible plant-based food, uh, healthy plant-based food, and some less healthy cake as well? How do we do that and make sure everyone can access this? Make sure this is something for everyone, whether they are fully plant-based or not. And then about three or four years ago, I started coaching because I realized a lot of people don't know how to build healthy foods into their life, or all they know is about crash dieting, fasting, starvation, and then back to retox and and binging. And I really wanted to show people how to start building these foods into their life and eating in a truly balanced way and being fully satisfied with a range of textures, whole foods, so that they could have the longevity and health span that they really wanted. And then add on to that media appearances Speaking at incredible events in universities like Cambridge University, which I also went to as a as a student, and um, various incredible one to one clients, and then you know here to, here to your podcast.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. And you know, obviously, life is not you know very linear. It's always securitous and always all kinds of stuff. I feel like life is a is a plate of noodles. It's a plate of spaghetti. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's just all over the place. It could be a mess, right? So I'm curious, how did you discover plant based, you know, eating? Was it from a friend, a colleague, a medical professional? How did you, how did you discover that?
1: Yeah, always so different. This answer is so different for each person. I, because I've been into health for so long, i have always eaten loads of plants and whole foods. You know, I knew the importance of that. I knew the importance of lowering processed foods i knew how great i didn't know everything about fiber but i you know was really getting a lot of fiber into my diet because i, I knew that that was really brilliant for nutrients i was super into that stuff i had been like you know vegetarians had kind of pushed me a few times and been like hey how come you're not vegetarian and i was like leave me alone you know like this is this is what i do and i went to india 8 or 9 years ago and i didn't want to get sick so I was like okay I'm I don't want deli belly I'm going to uh, not eat you know meat or fish I ate some like fish when I was by the coast and you know so it's just the meat and fish thing and I discovered I could be full of lentils and even though I've been eating I hadn't really been eating as many pulses I mean pulses are just so amazing for filling you up fiber protein just brilliant. And I discovered that. And I was like, "Hmm," because one of you know, I'll be honest, one of my biggest fears about even going vegetarian, and this is why I really empathize with people being a bit worried about moving towards even just more plant based food, is that I was terrified it wouldn't be full. I was like, nah, nah, I I need the meat, I need the eggs and the fish, gimme gimme, like, that's what's going to make me full. And I hadn't really probably allowed myself to to go towards it enough. And to be completely honest, and a big reason that we started the the recipe blog, me and my, my ex business partner, um, was because a lot of people hadn't had good enough plant based food. You know, they'd gone to restaurants and had a salad or chips, and then gone, "Hey, I wasn't full." It's like, yeah, of course you were. not And you know, that was a, became a big thing for us as well, sort of really showing people actually, you've probably had some bad experiences of this because the restaurants didn't know what they were doing. They know a lot better now. Here's how you do it in a way that's really, really filling. And so when I got back to the UK, I, after being in India for a month and eating all this amazing food, I was like, hey, I'm going to look up this whole vegetarianism thing. I still do not remember what I put into Google, but my whole world turned on its head. And I I didn't really understand what veganism was.
0: And that was eight, eight years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, about eight years ago. And I, that's when I learned all about uh, a lot more about dairy, a lot more about eggs, like all, you know, all of that. I didn't know a lot of that before, despite being super into health, ironically, as, as this is the case, I think, for a lot of professionals. And, you know, I, I very quickly, within three months, I was fully plant based. I did not put myself under pressure. I had a lot of fun with it. I was like, let's go try all the amazing restaurants, let's cook all this amazing food. I cut down to like meat and fish a couple of times a week. And as I just discovered more, understood more about recipes, I uh, especially discovered how to make that cake plant-based. I mean, that was an important transition point for me and my cake-loving self. And within a few months, I was fully plant-based. Within a year, got my two parents, two parents, yeah, my mom and my dad, fully plant-based and vegan as well. They are looking young, fit, vibrant. They're both 69 and they are just like, Flowing and flying in life. So that is just incredible. So it had like an impact on, on the whole family. And my mum even lost five stone from it. You know, it's just, just amazing.
0: I'm sorry, she lost what?
1: My mum lost five stone. And my parents, they both came through my programs as well. And she's kept it off, you know. And it was the first time in her life. And this is what is amazing when you eat properly and you're not dieting. She never had to count calories. And I'm the, you know, I do calorie awareness. I think there's some awareness that can help, but calorie counting does not tell you about the quality of that food. And it was the first time for her, she wasn't on a diet. And, you know, that was years ago and she's still, you know, slim fit. i got my parents waking up in the morning, doing some fitness videos on YouTube. So, um, yeah, it's, it's just been like a joy and a gift to give my family and, and, my, and my, parents as well.
0: And that's what I love about, you know, what you just shared, because it's really about the ripple effect. You know, we're focusing more on Yes, we focus on a lot of healthcare, wellness, health in general, is the individual health. But mm-hmm. it also means that it's very influenced and interdependent on our environment, as well as the people that we surround ourselves with. And I'm glad that you're able to kind of take what you've learned and packaged everything up and created a ripple effect. So and started off with your own, you know, parents. So that's awesome. You know, here in America, we have something called the standard American diet. And it's a lot of
1: out of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, meat and potatoes, a lot of processed food, fried foods, just and the color is very, you know, homogeneous, like just whites all over, right? Very, yeah. very, very, not that much detours in terms of the whole color of the rainbow, the whole spectrum of it. So I'm curious to know whether, you know, the UK, do Brits have a standard, you know, type of diet? And what is the vegan slash plant-based scene um, in terms of access to grocery, supermarkets, restaurants, takeout, carryout? What has that been like over time during your eight-year span since you've been plant-based?
1: Yeah, yeah. So I'll start with your first question about the standard American diet, and we don't say the standard British diet, but the. I mean, you
0: could, unless you have a different. (laughs) We
1: could. We definitely could. Uh, I mean, something you always hear in the UK, whatever topic you're talking about, we're like, well, it's not as bad as the states, which is a bit of an excuse. It's a bit of a cop out. It's a bit of a cop out here because it's like, well, it's not about comparing ourselves to anyone. Like, if your health isn't good, your health isn't good. Doesn't matter what their health is like over there. You know, you got you got to sort yourself out. You know. Something that's been coming up in the news a lot recently, and I I did a piece for for BBC on this recently, was about ultra-processed foods and us changing the definition of ultra-processed foods that, you know, it kind of used to just be, you know, biscuits on the shelf, or cookies as as they're they're called in the States. And, you know, we're we're needing to include like a lot of frozen meals, a lot of pizzas, and that hasn't been included in the kind of junk food, ultra-processed foods category for some crazy reason. Um, Not all, you know, you can get some actually some really healthy plant-based frozen meals. There's some companies that do some really healthy ones. So we need to exercise a bit of discretion with that definition. But it's certainly come up in the news more because our diet here is equally not not great. We don't have quite the obesity levels you do or heart disease levels, but we're still up there. You know, we are still, you know, top killer uh, or, you know, in in the top few things like heart disease. We have a huge number of people with type 2 diabetes, so many people having processed food and fried foods and not enough fruits, vegetables, and whole foods. But, you know, the fact it's not as bad doesn't mean it's not bad. It is it is bad here. And we've got a grow, constant growing obesity crisis. So, and people getting diabetes younger and younger, just just similar like in, in the States. So that's really, really not great. Uh, but people are, people are a bit more aware. And one of the things that does help here, and it, it does make me quite annoyed when I go to the States, is that, you can and when are we going to maybe talk about budgeting and things like that it's still cheaper to buy fruit and veg here than it is in the states Mm. it's still cheaper to buy healthy foods here Uh, Mm. i was actually in um florida like a a few weeks ago and you know yeah fine i can still do my budgeting tricks and everything but you know it is it is cheaper here and and that's that's something that I, i really believe needs to be sorted out like you've got to make it easy you've got to make it easier for people everyone's got personal responsibility But, you know, we've got to make sure that we're still encouraging people towards those healthier foods as well. So the plant-based scene is still pretty, really, pretty good here, especially in London. Some really incredible restaurants, a lot of great options. So a lot of restaurants that are not fully plant-based have really, really started upping their game. You know, so eight years ago, the plant-based option was the risotto or the chips and salad. Chips, french fries, sorry, french fries and salad it's really, really moved on. And because the UK is also very multicultural, we have a huge amount of Indian, Vietnamese, Lebanese, you know, we have these restaurants from all over the world, cuisine all over the world. And, you know, if you're a food lover, you'll know that cuisine from many parts of the world can lend itself very well to plant-based. And if it doesn't, I'll find a way of it lending itself very well to plant-based. So, it is actually pretty easy to to eat plant-based here and get the food ingredients you want and even online as well. So we're especially, you know, in the UK and the US, if you can't find it in the shops, you'll also find it online if you want those plant-based ingredients.
0: Mm-hmm. That's great. You had mentioned about, you know, the costs, right? You know, the, the price differential. And yes, we Americans do face a lot of issues with food access food deserts, there is a lot of correlation with socioeconomic levels and people of color and disparities with health. More notably, ever since the pandemic, this has been, you know, very, very uh, noteworthy. Being that the UK is more socialized medicine, you have, you know, a, a, a more unified public health system there. What have you seen in terms of, you know, in terms of the the messaging from a public health, you know, standpoint? does it does a government you know incentivize the citizens in terms of eating more veg and fruits is it is there more access to it or is there still a, an issue of being able for you know people citizens of uk brits to be able to access you know plant based is it just harder or not would you uh, care to share
1: Mm, I mean, some of these are going to be my personal observations. some of it's going to be, you know, what's actually been written in research, but again, not not as bad as the US, uh, once again, but we do have food deserts, you know, that that is something that's that that we have, we do have uh, socioeconomic issues and also issues with, you know, that are worse for people of colour, for example, the public health service, I mean, like, I don't ever want to diss the NHS because it is fantastic. You know, you, you you can have an operation, you walk out there and you don't have a bill. Like it's it's absolutely incredible, but it is focused on sickness, not health. Mm. Okay, It is brilliant if you have an accident, if something happens. They also don't have the time and the, the doctors, even if sometimes they do have the skill, they still don't have the time. If someone has an issue, they get like 10 minutes consultation time with people. Mm. Okay. And if someone comes in, someone might have a list of issues, right? Uh, And don't forget, you know, everything's holistic. If someone's struggling with anxiety, that could be so many things going on as well, mental, physical, food-wise, everything. And that doctor does not have time to do very much. It does seem like the the natural reaction of a lot of doctors is to prescribe not all surgeries. You know, the surgery I actually use, they're, they're very big on, on mental health and they do run uh, yoga sessions and stuff like that. That feels quite unusual.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and
1: that's, you know, that's in a little well unusual. Yeah, I mean, and, 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 it, and it's an area, you know, it's in this particular area as well. It's an area where people are a lot more open to that kind of stuff. So again, I'm not in an impoverished area. So, you know, that comes up more for me, for example, but certainly the, the, the NHS pushes people more down the medical route and it tends to take care of people more when they are sick. The government did have an amazing campaign. I don't know if it was the same in the US, um, the five-a-day campaign, mm. which was from many years ago, which was have your, your five pieces of fruit and veg a day. Mm. And the government has changed that. They know that it you need more than five pieces of fruit and veg a day. But it's stuck in people's mind. That came out when I was a child. And mm-hmm. people still say, oh, it's one of my five pieces of fruit and veg a day. Oh, I mean, I do, I, I do re-educate on this. And I say, I'm really glad you're eating some. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's not quite enough. But it was, you know, the government actually did try and do something about people not eating enough healthy foods. But I don't believe they are doing enough at all mm-hmm. um, okay. in terms of making sure people actually, healthy, what isn't. And in fact, you know, when you, there are a lot of NHS workers who themselves aren't being taught how to look after their own health.
0: Hmm. Okay. So that's, that's, uh, that's good to know that there is some uh, disparities room for improvement. It's just, you know, a different system, so it's just you know when you said you know you walk in with an accident, operation, you walk out without a bill that's just like mind blowing to me, so I didn't grow up in the in, in the u k area, so I'm used to being able well, to to know that you have to foot your own bill, whether it's out of your own pocket or some sort of copayer or insurance. Um, model and that's a whole nother discussion so um you know that's 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 good to be able to kind of hear and be able to showcase for other um listeners that there's other uh, models uh, um, out there that can work so so kind of sh- it
1: can- <laughs> it's not perfect. It can be- the nhs is not perfect there can be like big wait times but it, it, it is it is fantastic and you know i'd be devastated if you know, we did move away from the NHS because I, I believe that other countries, you know, really need to have something similar, possibly improved, but it, it's a great model for like how we should at least start.
0: To yeah, people. exactly. Exactly. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Hey guys, what's going on? This is Dr. Colin Zhu, AKA The Chef Doc. And I just wanted to extend my gratitude and appreciation for you for listening to this episode. We are always looking ways to evolve and give back. And we also understand that a large part of our audiences are our fellow healthcare professionals. And so we've decided that we're going to create continuing medical education for our listeners. And it's not just for doctors. We've partnered with CME Phi to deliver continuing education for not just doctors, but also nurses, nurse practitioners, physicians, associates, pharmacists, dentists, dietitians, and dietetic technicians. This is just another way for you to be able to get Continue education while listening to our great episodes. So how does it work? Basically how it works is there will be a hyperlink provided in the show notes and you click on that and you're given a couple of reflective questions. And once you're done with that, then you are awarded one CE credit per episode. And so basically have at it, have fun, and also gain education as well at a nominal cost. And so, thank you again for listening and following Thrive Bites podcast. And we greatly appreciate it. And we'll see you on the next one. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Shifting gears towards your coaching practice um, and getting, you know, into the nitty gritty, what are the biggest challenges that your clients, you know, face, you know, maybe share your top two or three. And then from that, you know, what types of practical and non-restrictive strategies do you incorporate to make them feel like they're not just overwhelmed? It's not, you know, too much for them to handle. Uh, Would you share with us?
1: Yeah, sure. So the the biggest problems they face, one of the top ones is energy levels and fatigue, constantly being tired, uh, and not being able to do the things they want to do and sort of going through that that day to day, just like on a really, really low level. Uh, of course, food is not the only part of this obviously if you're you know you can have all the great food in the world you're if you're not sleeping properly, you know that that that's not gonna um that's not gonna solve food is not gonna solve your fatigue issues uh, but it's a huge huge part of them so that's one of the, the biggest ones people want more energy, more vitality. The second one uh probably like on a par is weight, you know people who may have put on weight and don't know why, people who have been dieting their whole lives and have just got used to being overweight and have no idea how to actually sustainably be happy and not be in the yo-yo starvation binge cycle. So I get some people who come to me who've like, you know, maybe gotten over some binge eating, but are like, so I don't understand what a healthy balanced diet is or people, you know, doctors keep telling me to eat a healthy balanced diet. I don't have a clue what this is. Uh, or I don't have a clue how to do it without being chained to the kitchen. They so they don't know how to do it. And they don't know how to not be chained to the kitchen. So uh, there'll be both things there. So there are those kind of two biggest ones. And then on top of that, it's just these uh, other health issues, you know, that might be arthritis, inflammation, it might be type two diabetes, joint pain, Problems, you know. I don't want to say it's it's you know the menopause is not it is not a disease. It's it's you know, and it's get it's sometimes getting put as that in the media a little bit. But someone might be struggling with menopause symptoms, and they may have been told, you know, it might have been over medicalized for them, and almost told that you know. That there's something wrong with them or something because they're having this and they just want to know how to A, get rid of the symptoms. But the approach I take with it is thriving, you know, hmm. thriving for the rest of your life um, as opposed to just, you know, flash in the pan, getting rid of symptoms. So those are the, you know, and then the kind of various other symptoms of potential poor health, you know, that, that, that people are getting. So even if they want to solve one of them, we look holistically to make sure they're thriving across their lives. But the driving force for sending them to me could be pre-diabetes, for example.
0: Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, it's uh, very similar to you know what uh, I you know receive as patients or clients as well. And I feel like symptoms become more and more complex, and they become and they just kind of pile up in this stockpile of symptoms. Mm. And you know, from a you know, when we're not looking at things holistically and we're breaking things down, you could easily get into the weeds and you're just chasing symptoms at the end of the day. And what I love about looking at things from a whole food, you know, uh, plant-based approach, as well as, you know, looking at, you know, the entire lifestyle gamut in terms of all the pillars you had mentioned sleep um, being one of them, you start to address, you know, the entire foundation and the entire uh, picture and not necessarily, you know, chase symptoms. So that's good in terms of more, you know, in the kitchen, what do you say in terms of tips for supermarket uh, when they're commuting in their car, in their kitchen? Do you have any tips to share, you know, you've had over the clients uh, over time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And sorry, you did ask me before, like, what strategies we sometimes use in terms of not being overwhelmed. Uh, But this ties in nicely with this question. Anyway, I look a lot at adding food. So, you know, the diet industry is very, you know, eat less, exercise more, less on the plate, smaller portion. When I hear that, I just hear be less, be tiny. You know, it's it's a really awful mentality, you know, and it, do, it doesn't work. So I focus on more, oh, let's add, what else can we add? We might want to you know, reduce certain things if they're causing problems. But in the first instance, I look at adding more onto the plate. So someone, you know, is, okay, I'm, I'm trying to be healthy, so I've been having avocado on toast. Is that is that okay? It's like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, Let's still have avocado on toast, but let's add some beans or some roasted chickpeas. Roasted chickpeas maybe with some curry flavoring or some smoked paprika. Let's make it fun. Let's get some flavors in there. Can we roast some tomatoes to go with it? Okay, great. We've got more fiber. We've got a vegetable. Okay. I know tomatoes technically a fruit, but let's just call them a vegetable <laughs> for this purpose. You know, we've got something on our plate, maybe some sauteed mushrooms with, with garlic and spinach, right? We're just adding onto that plate. We've got a, you know, a more balanced, complete meal here that's going to keep you more full. It's going to be more fun, going to feed your gut, et cetera. So I take that approach of adding. And, you know. One of the first things I start people off with, whether they're my clients or whether, you know, I'm doing a talk is, do you have enough fruit and veg on your plate? You know, it sounds so simple, but it's one of the most impactful and it can start people on the journey because we've got to start somewhere. So, again, someone might say, OK, I eat oatmeal for breakfast. I'm I'm, do- I'm doing good. It's like, yeah, OK, cool. Can we add some chia seeds into that? I want you, I'm going to challenge you. Add two pieces of fruit. If you're having one piece already, I'm going to challenge, have two. You know, chop up a banana, get some frozen berries. You know, certainly in the UK, frozen berries are cheaper than the the fresh ones. And use your freezer. You know, that's another big tip for the kitchen. I talk about like three pillars of food prep. And only one of them is the actual cooking. One of them is planning. You know, if you haven't planned things out, it's going to be difficult when you get in the kitchen. The second one, very critically, is buying the stuff. If you're in your kitchen and you're like, hey, we should food prep. Hey, we should cook. And you don't have the stuff. You don't have the ingredients. It's stressful. You might have to go out. You might quit. So just building in this mindset, right? Okay. When I go to the store or the supermarket, I'm going to stock up on several tins of tomatoes that could be used to make a healthy lentil plant-based bolognese, could be used for you know my, my tomato-based curries, make sure you're stocking up on this stuff that's not going to go off so that you've got those ingredients at home and your kitchen is nice and clear and is a nice, fun, clean place to cook as well. So you're just adding in these things, whether it's a can of beans, whether it's, you know, wilting some extra spinach, steaming some extra kale, those sorts of small things. I say add fruit, veg, and beans as a a nice starting point. That's going to start to get you to where you need to be. And then you can start thinking of of the other stuff as well. Because it's it's baby steps in the end. And it's not about every single thing you have being healthy. Because if you if you do that, you might give up and go, I can't believe I ate this this cookie. Oh my goodness, I'll just go back to my old life. I still eat cookies, I still eat cake. <laughs> it doesn't have to just be you know, completely 100% strict, strict, strict. And I think that's a mentality a lot of people have to have to remind themselves of that if we go too, you know, good or bad with some of the food, you know, people end up seeing it as a diet, and they, they ultimately fail or they feel guilty around food.
0: Yeah, I think the overwhelming part is uh, hard for people when they're doing too much at once, or you're approaching it from a all or nothing approach. And the small actionable steps is really, really key. So, you know, even and I meet people where they're at, you know, working as a general practitioner, you know, over many years, you just kind of have to meet people where they're at and what they are willing to do. Mm. Key things is, you know, they're open for change. And, when you can give them these small steps, they're like, oh, I can do this and I can add this or, or, you know, yeah, I can take this away, but not totally cut out everything. And it helps them to kind of steer them in the direction of where you need to go. Can you share um, any case studies in terms of um, coaching clients that that have had you know really significant you know changes, whether it's weight loss or, you know, um, I don't know if there's any medications that have been de-prescribed or anything that you can think of.
1: Yeah, sure. So uh, one of my amazing clients, she's actually a US-based client, she was amazing called Detray. I've got some amazing photos before and after from her as well. And she you know really, you know super, super smart, amazing, ambitious woman, and she had just struggled just her whole life with losing weight again, exercise was always about oh, better exercise to burn the calories, try and lose the weight. she had crazy allergies, she had arthritis, inflammation, and she was just deeply unhappy with where she was, and she really wanted to change. And we started working together and came on my program and we made the changes slowly. You know, we started having more whole fats as opposed to covering everything with oil. So when I say whole fats, I mean your nuts, your nut butter, your olives, your avocado, not deep frying everything and putting oil all over everything. It was like little changes that we started with. We started getting more whole foods in, less of the processed stuff, started also working more once she understood what balanced eating was, you know, I actually understood like, hey, when I'm full, I can stop. I have the confidence to do that. And I have the confidence to actually eat when I'm hungry and eat great food. And, you know, she comes from a big foodie family. So she also had the confidence, and this is a really, really important one as well, to cook her own food, because I don't believe in saying to everyone, right, this is all the food you're going to have now. These are the recipes. You can have my recipes if you want, or we can make a healthier version of your family favorites. You know, food has no limits. That's what's so beautiful about it. I have a lot of um, clients of Indian origin, for example, like, yeah, we're going to carry on making all of that Indian food, but we're going to, you know, take out the ghee. We're going to use less oil or where we can, maybe we'll do it oil free. We're going to use whole grain rice. We're going to add in like more tofu, more lentils, more veg, you know, it's, it's, it's changing it up. So back to the tray, she lost a ton of weight. Which was incredible. Her skin is glowing. Um, Her allergies, like, pretty much went away. Her arthritis inflammation pretty much went away. And she wasn't dealing with that pain, which was just absolutely incredible. Uh, And I've had other clients as well go from being like pre diabetic to no longer in that danger zone, for example, which has just been really wonderful. I've had women being able to like avoid. Uh, taking the pill and just manage their cycle completely naturally and have all the incredible energy that they need. So it's been really, really transformational for so, so many people uh, and pulling them out of danger zones. But the additional benefit is, you know, people may have come to me going like, I really want to lose weight or I really want to, you know, not have a a client recently was like, I don't want to have fibroids anymore. And I've been told I have to go on the pill. None of the new what well, the added benefits would be. It was like a kind of coming to deal with these problems. They had no idea how amazing their skin would be, that they would have all this energy, that they would like fall back in love with food again and get so excited about the incredible food. So yeah, everyone sort of, you know, probably had slightly low expectations, but it's, it's <laughs> limitless how good you can feel. And I want people to know this, you know, like I said, people are living with this really low bar of health, you know, and they just sort of say, I want to get rid of these health problems, which stack up as as mm-hmm. As you mentioned as well, but actually, once you kind of get over those problems, you're like, "Wow, we can feel incredible, we can be vibrant, we can feel better in our sixties than we did in our twenties. You know that's what people are saying to me, uh and it's just it's just incredible,
0: yeah, yeah." I, I like to call them positive side effects. And it's, uh, you know, having those low expectations is great, actually, you know. And when you have expectations or have high expectations, then, you know, you just kind of miss the mark of what you can actually achieve because there's such a mental block. And uh, yeah, you hear, I hear the same thing as well. Skin, allergy symptoms, yeah. the weight is, the weight in my mind is never really the goal. It's really about how do we... You know, improve and optimize your health for the long run, the weight is just gonna be, you know, a positive side effect, you know? And yeah, so it's always good to hear, you know, clients and patients alike to be able to share these, you know, uh, reports. And, you know, they're just happy to share with their family and friends as well. Do you have any tips in terms of, you know, I feel like living this kind of lifestyle is a team based sport, right? You're not working by yourself in a silo. You're always going to be with someone, right? Unless you're a hermit in the woods, you're going to have a loved one. You're going to have a spouse, right? You're going to have a family. You're going to have kids. What would you say to those that you know face some uh, challenges, some negative feedback, some pushback in terms of you know their their partners, their family, their children? And how would you you know offer to deal with those situations?
1: Mm, I think I think that's a really good question because. You know, I encourage people as much as possible to do it as a family, as a couple, because you're going to get more of those benefits. And, you know, really cooking and food should not be siphoned off or outsourced to just one person, because in the end, we all need to be responsible for our bodies and and have a part in that as well. But similar to what I do with clients, I kind of encourage them to do that with others, you know? So, you know, dinner usually consists of like more than just kind of one dish, so, you know, if you do want to do things slowly, you know, try making, say you're making a curry and everyone's going to like that curry. If, if at first people will not have, you know, they do want to have a bit of meat with it, like, you know, don't don't force, you know, don't force people to, to completely change. Say, OK, you know, try a bit of this. This is great. Maybe it's the same as what you did before. Maybe it's the same chicken curry, but you, you, you've used chickpeas and you're still going to give them a little bit of, of, of chicken if they want it, but you're not going to have that. Maybe you're going to switch the, the rice from white to whole grain and just have a go at that or something. Uh, maybe you could mix up the two, you know, if if, if if that kind of brings people over a little bit slower. Make sure they're still having the foods that they really, really like as well, or make them fun, like for kids. So I, I did um. for for BBC radio, like kids picnic stuff, for example. So like what are kids like? They may not like greens very much, but I made these uh, sweet corn fritters, for example, they're like kind of little patties. And I did those actually those ones with uh, zucchini and sweet corn. But if kids are like, ah, the green, I'm not I'm not there yet. Okay, just do them with the sweet corn. Just do that to begin with. That's fine. Bring them into it. I make things like roasted chickpeas, like, you know, the different flavors like salt and vinegar or flavors that the kids might be familiar with. But you've got a much healthier ingredient there that's, you know, full of fiber, got some protein in as well. Uh, and the kids might like that as a crunchy little snack instead of always having the chips, for example. So kind of emulating some of those foods instead of it, you know, feeling completely different. And to be honest, I think that's helpful for adults and kids you know like this doesn't mean you, you suddenly have to like follow someone's recipe book completely think about the foods you're already having how can we make those healthier and tweak them and then everyone's on that journey because in the end like the journey doesn't stop right we're constantly discovering new variety new foods new ways to improve our health that it just starts people off on that on that kind of journey and you know a great place is also cake. Like, you know, if, you, if your kids love cheesecake, like, hey, there's some amazing plant-based cheesecake recipes that are also, you know, healthier as well. Much, much healthier. Um, and it is, it's a scale. You can get some not so healthy ones, but they're still going to be much healthier than the dairy versions. You know, make sure you're making that. Make sure you're having the treats. Make sure you're enjoying yourself. And then people will start coming along with you.
0: Yeah. That's great. You know, this has been, you know, great in terms of, you know, people listening and being able to use these tips and be able to act upon it. And just know that you're not alone, and you're not the only one that wants to do better for their health, and not you know, realizing, oh, it's not a all or nothing. I can make small steps and still be able to achieve, you know, um, my goals. Vanessa, you know, this has been great. You know, we're going to close out. You know, one question that I ask all my guests is because we, you know, this podcast is about creating a thriving mindset. What are three tips that you do for yourself um, to be able to, to thrive? You know, what gets you out of bed? What lights your fire? You know, what continues to push you for yourself?
1: mm. So I think one of them, I'm going to, you know, the sort of basics is just in the morning, get some sunlight, get some hydration, you know, tell your body it's woken up, tell your body it's daytime, get your body functioning so that, you know, you can serve yourself and the world and it makes you feel amazing. That might just be like a quick five minute walk um, and get drinking that water. The next one that that gets me out is, you know, connection, you know, doing just things like this, connecting with you, you know, connecting with people who are um, excited about health and who want to bounce off each other and support each other. That is just so important and connecting with my clients, you know, at the end of the day, if I'm not, if I'm not helping people and getting results and helping people kind of move towards happiness more, like, it's not worth it. I love that connection side of things. And the last one, I mean, it's hard to choose, but I'll I'll say like, you know, nourishing myself and eating amazing food, you know, that's a a part of, you know, several parts of my day uh, is doing that. And that just reminds me every single time, you know, hey, like, this is always, always possible. It's always fun. It's across every culture. And it's just beautiful. And food is such an incredible way to bring everyone together. It's adaptable. It's limitless. And, you know, if we can achieve like our health goals through like eating amazing food, like that's just win, win, win.
0: Definitely, definitely. I like that. How can people reach out to you if people wanted to look up your services? How can people reach out to you?
1: Oh, sure. So I think that the best ways is, is probably through social media to, to leave an email. So on Facebook, a good way is to join my community, my free community, which is called How To Go Plant-Based. It is for anyone who just wants to get rid of fatigue, get rid of bloating, be a healthy way and eat the most incredible plant-based whole foods, whether you want to be fully plant-based or not. So head to that group, How To Go Plant Based on Facebook or on Instagram just look up Vanessa Sturman. And and my tag name is energize and thrive plant based, but energize is spelled the British way. So just look up Vanessa Sturman. That's probably much, much easier on, on Instagram. You can send me a DM on either platform on Facebook or Instagram. I've got various free resources. So you can just ask me, Vanessa, hey, I want your free guide. Or you can just say, hey, Vanessa, can we can we have a chat? And let's see if I can help you more. And I did also want to mention as well, so I do talks for workplaces, organizations, uh, on just helping people start to make these little steps towards better gut health, towards better health in general, better energy with incredible food in this non-restrictive, inclusive way. So, you know, if you want to put me in touch with your wellbeing team, uh, again, just drop me a message through either of those platforms. I would love to chat to them and see if I can, you know, get this ripple effect out in your workplace as well to help all of you thrive more
0: awesome awesome that sounds good Um, we'll leave all the contacts and social media links you know in the show notes when this episode um, airs Vanessa thank you so so much we greatly you know appreciate your time you're a wealth of knowledge and you know any small actionable steps that kind of get people on that track is very, very appreciative. So, you know, I definitely value your time uh, today.
1: Thank you so much. Really value yours as well. And it's been such a pleasure uh, to connect with you. I've been looking forward to this for a long time. So thank you so much.
0: <laughs> thank you very much, <laughs> guys. That's another episode of ThriveBytes podcast. If you like this, please like comment and subscribe. And if you feel that this is a benefit for someone else, please let them know as well. And until then, please say goodbye to coach Vanessa hey guys we hope you enjoy that episode if you like that please like comment, and subscribe and uh, please follow us on apple podcasts spotify podcasts and anywhere that you listen to your podcasts and if you felt that this was a benefit for someone else please let them know and also remember that the first five seasons 150 episodes now can be seen and heard on our new the chef app and don't forget to give us a five-star rating and we greatly appreciate it so and we'll see you on the next one